What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod. On Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree to all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. In all seriousness, y'all, it's been a great weekend. I've got a chance to catch up on some much needed rest and relaxation. It's beautiful here in Nashville, Tennessee. Fall is officially upon us, which means there's great music, there's great football, football, and the weather is uh, is just gorgeous outside. So we've we've literally had picture perfect weather, as my stepdad would say, chamber of commerce weather, and uh, it's just cool, man. I love this time of the year. I'm from the Midwest originally, as some of you may or may not know, but in the Midwest in the United States, we are known for our beautiful falls because we have a lot of trees and the colors are beautiful with the leaves changing. The temperatures are cooler, but it's not the uh, the cold winters, which I don't miss from living in the Midwest, but it's gorgeous here in Tennessee, man. A lot of people flock to the Smokies and rent cabins and stuff this time of the year because it's just really picturesque and gorgeous and the weather's awesome. So for me on a personal level, man, it's been great to catch up on some much needed rest and relaxation to get outside a little bit, enjoy the fresh air. And also to hammer out these podcasts, man. It's it's good to be busy, and I'm just really grateful for everyone who takes the time to listen to the show, who takes the time uh, to, to tell a friend to tell a friend, like, subscribe, leave a rating and review. Everybody out there who supports the show, man, it's really awesome. This has just been such a fun journey that I've been on over the past two and a half years, really since the pandemic started, to, to make a commitment to get back into this full swing and give you guys good content of perseverance and moving forward from musicians all across the spectrum to friends and colleagues of mine, business owners. I really wanted to have this be a platform of positivity in a world where there's a lot of negativity and a lot of division. And I don't say that to sound self-righteous, but it's true, man. So I really hope that you guys enjoy these as much as I do. And I hope you know how much I mean it when I say thank you for taking the time genuinely to check out the show. I think there's something like 4 million podcasts right now. So for those of you to uh, put me in your eardrums and have me for an hour, an hour and a half of your day, I really appreciate it. It means a lot, and I really hope that you guys enjoy the content, man. And I've gotten a chance to, to talk to a lot of different people over the years. Um, rest in peace to Coolio. I actually had a conversation with him um, back in 2011. I was a young pup writing music feature stories, 23 years old. And it was the summer, I believe, of 2011 when I got a chance to talk to him. And that was actually one of the conversations that really got my head going in the direction of starting a podcast because we spoke on the phone for over an hour. He was super gracious with his time. He talked to me a lot about his life and his career and uh, how he wrote Gangsta's Paradise, which which was really cool. I know he's told that story to numerous people over the years, but that song with LV obviously was just it was huge. It was massive. I believe he won a Grammy. It was crazy. And it kind of defined his career. And, and we talked about that. And, you know, and, and it was kind of one of those things where it was like being known for this awesome song, but also, you know, not having people recognize the other work that, that he put out, you know what I mean? Because that was such a massive hit. But um, I had already been listening to podcasts at that time. And I really started listening to podcasts in 2009. And like I said, that was 2011. And then I started my show officially in 2012, back when it was Bauman's Breakdown. So rest in peace to Coolio. Um, That just happened a few days ago. He was, I think, 59 years old. So it's crazy, man. Um, He also was part of, I believe, the it was Keenan and Kel, the theme song with Keenan and Kel. Used to watch Keenan and Kel a lot growing up. And all that and the, that Nickelodeon Saturday Night Block, it was like all that, Keenan and Kel, Are You Afraid of the Dark? There's another one in there that I'm probably missing. I remember Pete and Pete back in the day, Legends of the Hidden Temple, Wild and Crazy Kids. I was definitely a Nick kid, man. But um, but yeah, so I say all that to say it's it's been a, a long road to this point and I And I tabled things for a little bit as I was figuring stuff out in my life. But coming back into this podcast and 
being able to connect and collaborate with so many cool people has really been awesome. And uh, I, I didn't say that name to name drop, but he was one of those people that when I spoke to him in 2011, I was like, man, it would it would be cool if I could give people the whole conversation. And it was because we talked about a lot of stuff, man. But uh, but speaking of talking to cool people, I'm always going to be somebody who puts on for my hometown, man. I I am a you know four one niner till I die. Growing up in Toledo, Ohio, I learned a lot there. Um, truth be told, I, I don't really miss living there for a variety of reasons. I definitely miss my family and my friends, but in terms of the weather and the, the life experiences that I've been able to get being here in Nashville, it's just not comparable. And again, that's not a shot at my hometown. It's just the reality of it. Having said that, there's a lot of great people there beyond my close family and friends. And I think when you come from a more blue collar, tough atmosphere like I grew up with where I had to earn everything that I got, it it really shapes you and molds you and it shapes your character. And this week's guest is somebody that took a chance when he was in his mid-20s to chase his dreams with music and we first got to connect over 10 years ago. He is none other than Wes Anderson, who is a Baltimore-based guitarist. And like I said, this dude came on my radar back in 2012. I had been doing music feature stories for Toledo Free Press for a little over a year at that point. And we connected because, as you guys will hear, Wes left his job in Chicago to chase his music dreams with Fiction 20 Down in Baltimore. And they were doing a show in Northwest Ohio, so we connected. I wrote a feature in Toledo Free Press, and we've just stayed in touch over over the years. He's done the show multiple times. I've gotten a chance to watch him grow in his music career. Last year alone on Spotify, I think he had over 107,000 streams across 136 countries. And to date, I think across all platforms, his music has gone over 500,000 streams since 2018 when he's been cranking out singles. And he's gotten a chance to collaborate with numerous artists over the years. And that's really what he's made his focal point, as you guys will hear about as a guitarist, bringing in other people that he thinks would would fit the song. And from everybody from Peanut of 311, Lyrics Born, Head P.E., Sherry Amore, Ballyhoo, you know, the list goes on. This guy's gotten to collaborate with members of, of multiple bands over the years. DJ Lethal from Limp Biscuit did a remix of Red Cup Dub, which came out. Um, it's just, it's really been cool to, to see Wes really go for his, his dreams and be able to collaborate with so many cool artists. And as somebody who has an interest in different genres of music, he's really been able to explore that with his singles. And it's, it's cool to see somebody have their style or when you hear them play, you know, it's them. And, and I've listened to Wes's music over the years. So it's when, when I hear his guitar, I know it's Wes, but it's been cool to see the genre blending and the different avenues that he's gone in the last couple of years. Um, so I wanted to connect with him and get him back on the podcast because in September, he just came out with his latest single called And It Don't Stop with Blake G. That dropped on September 9th. It's already got uh, several thousand streams at this point. So it's it's been cool to see him continue to build his career, continue to chase his dreams, because it's not easy, as you guys will hear in this conversation. And on the heels of, uh, or I should say, with with uh, the release of his latest single, I just thought it would be really cool to reconnect with him and get him on the show to talk to the people about his journey over the years. He's also done uh, a series on his YouTube channel um, called Time Tested, where he's talked about being somebody who's an independent musician, the lessons he's learned along the way, the things he's overcome along the way, how he does these collaborations, how each one of them is a little bit different, the business and marketing aspect that goes into it. If you're somebody who's an independent musician and you want to chase your dreams. So he's really doing, I guess you could say the 360 around all of it. I mean, Wes does the marketing, he plays the guitar, he sets everything up and the hustle is real with this guy. And I just, I really admire that. And like I said, the fact that we both come from Northwest Ohio and I feel like we share that grit to just go after it. Um, and, and really he's inspired me to continue chasing my dreams. I just thought it was really appropriate with And It Don't Stop with Blake G just dropping in early September to get Wes back on the podcast and share more about his journey, especially since it's been a little over 10 years since he and I first connected. So without further ado, I'm going to show my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Wes Anderson. Here it is. (laughs) 
Dighty, dighty. where there we go. Well, Wes, I uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. Like you said, um, we usually catch up, if not once a year, every couple of years, and it's always a pleasure to speak with you, my guy. So thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, absolutely, man. Always, always have time for you, and it's great catching up as always, and um, always appreciate the support no matter what. Yeah, for sure, dude. It's no fake love over here, man. Like the the whole reason I do this show is is to shine a light on people who are, you know, chasing their dreams the way that I am in the hopes that it really inspires people who listen to these conversations to do the same thing in their lives, whatever it is that they want to do. Um, and and just like we were talking before the jump of this thing, one of the things that I wanted to get into with you, uh, and you do have your your most recent single out, and it don't stop with Blake G, which I really enjoy. It's it's some of my favorite guitar work from you on this one. And I feel like I say that on everyone, but I, you've really, you really changed the pace as far as the the influences. I feel like I know what you like. Um, and I've learned more about what you like as, as years have gone on, like our shared love for corn and new metal. Um, but this one turned out great. But before we even get into all that, man, with, with the new one with Blake G, like you and I first got in touch probably going on 10 and a half years ago now, because you came through, Toledo with fiction 20 down, I believe. Um, and I did a story for Toledo free press and that was right as you were first starting your journey, um, going into music and really going in all in with this man. Is it crazy when you look back at just how, how time has flown since then? Yeah. Um, I definitely gave myself like a moment earlier this year when like, it was like March, March was like the official like move date of moving to Maryland. So I was definitely like, in my feels for, for a little while. And I, I was just trying to think of ways to like acknowledge it, but in a way that's like also productive and helps me continue to put content out. So yeah, I put, put together uh, like a mini series, if you will, of, of just random themes or lessons that I've come across over those 10 years. But yeah, it's, it's crazy, man. I just turned 36 like a month ago and um starting to get some grays come in it's just like yeah i'm going to shoot a music video right after this it's like bad like 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 and like and it don't stop i, I like that title name just because it's like bad i just it's just i can't help it <laughs> i can't help but but keep it going yeah time flies man I, I think about when i was like a young pup too when when we were talking like i was um in 2012 that was a year into me doing feature stories for toledo free press for music I, I've only been doing music feature writing since the beginning of 2011 at that point. So um, that that was when I was really developing my voice. And then I started the podcast in the fall of uh, 2012 initially um, before I kind of meandered in my 20s as we do and figured out what I really wanted to do and where I really wanted to go. And the pandemic kind of jump started me getting back into this and rebranding it as March 4th. But uh, but yeah, man, you've you've always been cool. And you know, one of the things that hit home with me in that in that video that I wanted to get into with you that I watched, because um, you you were calling the miniseries time tested, right? Yeah. Um, one of the things I wanted to get into, get into with you is I didn't realize just how lean it was in the in the beginning. So for people who are who aren't familiar, definitely watch it. But just to kind of give you guys the cliffs notes of it, you know, Wes was in Chicago. You were working in finance. You were you were in a band there. Um, but, but you just had that itch that you had to scratch with music. And as you even mentioned in the video, Chicago obviously has a very vibrant music scene, but this opportunity came with fiction 20 down and, and you're like, okay, man, I, 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 this is, this is something that I could p- potentially do. So you picked up, you moved to Baltimore and you didn't really know anybody. And then I think you just, you guys had like a hangout and shot a music video. Like what, like, like the first week you were there. Um, so that was, yeah. So in January of 2012, I flew out to audition and do like a, my first concert. Um, but that also included a music video shoot. So it was a, that was before I even lived here. And I was just here for the weekend to uh, audition and rehearse. And then we did a, a music video shoot. Um, so, I mean, going into it, it was kind of like, you know, let's just do a vibe. I think it was more of like a vibe check to make sure that like we, we got along and assuming that was the case, then it would be a done deal. So they, they felt comfortable enough to include me on a music video um, pretty much on a first meet, but yeah, so that, that was uh you know, really hit the ground running for sure. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and as far as the work that you were putting in, man, I, I think that's important to think about when people chase their dreams. Like you mentioned, like you delivered pizzas for a little bit. You were living in, uh, was it the, the parents uh, of the lead yeah. singer of Fiction 20 Down? You were living in their basement. Like, I, I think a lot of us out there, man, we see people and we go, oh, so-and-so is killing it or look at all the stuff they're doing. <laughs> and we, we yeah. don't realize the the starting points, the humble beginnings. You know what I mean? Like people see Post Malone selling out arenas. And at one point he was, you know, living in his buddy's closet or whatever in California. And his buddy was his buddy was the one that was more successful at that time as far as like, I think, making like Twitch streams and things like that. So I think I think it's cool that you did that retrospective, man, just to kind of show people where you started to where you are now with all the collaborations that you do. Yeah, thank you. And and, and um I don't share those things to like seek out sympathy or be like, Oh, I was struggling so bad. And, you know, times were tough. It's like, I've, I voluntarily put myself in those scenarios. And, and um, the, the point I was trying to make with those videos, which hopefully comes across is sort of like how deep you should probably need, you probably need to go if, if you really want to know if you're serious about your passion, you know, and, and just just knowing that like it can get very uncomfortable but if the pet you know that's that's the that's how you know that you're actually serious about it and, and you're in it to win it for sure in all seriousness man like i've really admired what you've done from a distance as far as the collaborations another one of the videos that i watched on your youtube series was about you know the proper etiquette to reach out to the collaborators too and for people who aren't aware I mean, your your latest singles with Blake G, you did Red Cup Dub with Mayday and Trey from Sherry Amore, who's now blowing up. They're getting ready to release yeah. their, their debut album uh, out of Baltimore there, which is really cool. Kind of fusing like pop punk and, and new metal, yeah. and a, a, a unique sound. Um, and even okay. Mayday came from uh, Tech Nine's label, right, from, from the story yeah. you shared. So, and a host of other ones. I mean, you mentioned, uh, you know, Howie Spangler, like, um marlon asher king green i mean the list goes on and on peanut from 311 who i know 311 that's like one of your mount rushmore bands like (laughs) so i guess just as my my direct question you know for people out there man i always feel like when people say man how do i get started it's like you just have to do it like i even tell myself that sometimes like you never know unless you try you never know unless you ask right and i think what's cool is you've collaborated with people who are are on various levels of the music industry as far as whether it comes to streams or anything like that. But just talk to me about, I guess, shooting your shot, man, because I even struggle with that sometimes as far as like having the confidence to really go after things, to really blow things up on a bigger scale. What should I be doing? And from a distance, it always seems like to me, man, when you have your releases, they're very calculated, whether it's from, you know, the promotion the 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 song itself giving people insight into the the collaboration the type of vibe you're going through on the song so has that always been in you dude even since you were a kid to just just have the confidence to go for things or is that something you had to work up to um it's tough to say but i i i'm leaning towards it's something that's developed over time with just being experienced with experience and stuff like that, you know, if I, if I had started this solo project, um, you know, in my twenties, I, you know, I may not have had this sort of knowledge base or, you know, comfort, confidence, whatever you want to call it to, to really like go for it. So I think like going into a solo project, which is, was still nerve wracking at the time to just sort of like, you know, put my name out there and like everything is me, you know, after being a guitarist in a band full of other guys for my entire music career prior to that. Um, so I, I think, I think having the experience with the bands and touring and, and the studio experience and all that really um, helped me in a massive way to sort of hit the ground running and just sort of knowing like what, what kind of like process I need to take to, get people on board and, and do release strategies. And, and, uh, I'm a marketer by trade, like that's my day job. So being able to have full control over sort of, you know, how I'm going to promote certain singles a certain way or the, the behind the scenes content and, you know, meet the collaborators episodes. So yeah, that, that's, that's all the fun part for me is, is, you know, sort of 
concocting all of these, you know, all of the release strategies and doing it in a way where hopefully it's a little more powerful than just simply uploading a song to streaming platforms and hoping it does well. You know, I try to take a more holistic approach, I guess you could call it, um, to sort of like tap into, you know, certain types of content works better on certain platforms and things like that. Um, but also, you know, sort of restarting uh, my music life in, in my 30s, I think, help gave me help gives me like a sense of urgency to to go for it which uh it's kind of like um plays into to you know shooting for the stars and you know really like not being afraid to go for the big asks or reaching out to the you know super famous or super successful musicians and uh just really going for it and plus having the day job um helps me financially like like really like do this so you know if i'm hitting people up like it's you know more often than not a, a paid paid gig you know it's like a, a work for hire type scenario so um you know I, i'm not gonna like reach out to someone and just expect them to do it for free so so knowing that like i, I could potentially be in a position to you know work something out with these, with these people i think it helps um build credibility with them uh to let let them know that this isn't just some like you know, garage band kid that just wants, you know, the hookup or whatever. So, yeah. 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 I mean, cause, cause like I said, I mean, like everybody from trade from Sherry Moore to, you know, May Day, Donald Howie Spangler, Peanut, um, last year, right around this time last year, you dropped out the way with Unksta and Head PE, you know, which I know Head PE was another one from, you know, yeah, you know, you and I are about the same age. Like they've, you know, they've been around for a long time and I've had a couple of the dudes from Dropout Kings on this nice. show and they're on their label. Um, yeah, hell yeah. Was those guys. So, um, I, I just, I think that's an important lesson for everybody doing this is, is to, to just go for it. But like you said, also go about it in a positive way. Like obviously you and I know each other. So like, if I want to get you on the podcast, I know I can hit you up in the DMS and it's, you know, yeah, hopefully yeah. it doesn't come off as like unprofessional, but we, we have that relationship where, you know, I've known you for 10 years, you know, whatnot. Right. Um, but when it comes to somebody like, you know, head PE, um, or, or even when you reached out to tech nine, and I thought that was a valuable lesson that I wanted to share on this show, which was, you know, you, you weren't able to get, you know, tech nine for the song, but they really liked your approach. You, you came to them with the solid demo and they said, Hey, we think this, this other artist is somebody that you should check out. That would be a good fit. And that's how you got Mayday. Right. Right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And yeah, I'm, I, I'm the, I'm the same way as you like, like for, you know, Trey or, or even Blake G who I, who I know or have, you know, more comfortable with, I, you know, that's a DM, you know, an Instagram DM, but yeah, with like a sign, like a signed artist, like a, like a head PE or Mayday, then yeah, I want to go through proper channels because those people probably get like DMs all the time from just amateurs that are just like, Hey, want to hop on a track or whatever. And, you know, so, um, you know, you just have to, you know, have that awareness. Yeah. And, and one thing I wanted to ask you too, man, cause I, I take all these conversations just as seriously. Like I prep for you. Like I've got like my whole sheet of notes. I don't really oh, have questions anymore, but I have like, I have notes because I, I, I have talking points. I always like to let the conversation flow, but like I take every one of these seriously, whether it's somebody like you that I've known forever, whether it's uh, somebody like, like Clint Lowry from seven dust who I was fortunate enough to talk to a couple of years. Hell ago. Yeah. Like, um, you know, an up and coming artist, somebody who's underground, somebody who doesn't have a lot of followers. Like I treat everybody the same way because to me, it doesn't matter where you are on the journey. It's all about the connection and it's all about, you know, hopefully building a relationship out of it too. You know what I mean? Like, obviously like, you know, Clint and I aren't barbecuing, you know, at, at, his, at his level, but I also felt like we had a solid conversation and he was, he could, he, he, I, I feel like people know, and you're on this end of it when you get interviewed, people know at, when, when they're being interviewed, like how much time somebody's put into it. And to me, that's a sign of respect too. And so just to kind of get to my question, like you mentioned that the process for each single is different. Like the music's different in each one of your singles, even though, you know, you, you have your sound and there's a through line with that. But do you take the same approach? Like whether it's Trey, like you said, I mean, obviously you're going to DM Trey versus going through like a, a manager or whatnot. But I mean, in terms of the seriousness with which you take the music, it, it seems like I feel like you and I have that in common where it's like, 
it doesn't matter who the person is that I have in my podcast. Like I treat it the same way. It doesn't matter what level they're at. Um, and I feel like you have that same approach with, with the artists that you collaborate with. Right. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and I don't really ever like reach out to someone unless I'm ready to like act on it, you know, like sometimes, you know, it, you know, sometimes you, you're at a show or you, you know, you meet meeting an artist or catching up with someone yeah, then. Yeah. It's like kind of natural to, to say like, like, yeah, we should collab sometime or whatever. Like I'll be in touch, you know, that's, you know, all good and fine, but like, I don't ever really like reach out to people and just be like, Hey, we should do a song sometime. It's like, you know, everyone's going to say, yeah, like, okay, cool. But so I only reach out when I'm like, Hey, here's a song I have. I think you'd be a good fit. Are you interested? If so, let's talk more. Um, and that, that is consistent across the board with, with whoever it is. Um, cause I, I think, um, when you approach, approach it that way, you, you sort of get it in return. So like, even if it's, even if it's like a buddy or someone you already know, and you're, you're casual with, if, if, how you present it and how you communicate, I think is like sets a good precedent for how they would, would uh, communicate back to you. Cause if you're going to be like, Hey, what up, bro? You want to hop on this and don't really give any details or schedule or whatever, then, then they're probably going to be casual about it too. And then it's probably just going to get pushed back or delayed, you know? So like, and that's something I've, I've kind of learned to hone in on over the years, even with like friends, like, like Howie is like, you know, trying to communicate like, schedules or expectations you know the more the more you can communicate the better i don't think you can over communicate for sure and for you you mentioned being a marketer by trade like that's that's your day job and i and i feel like you're a great person to ask this question because i have you know a lot of different artists on this show and i even tweeted about it recently like 20 years ago i would have had to google what algorithm meant and now it's probably fundamentally the most like important word in all of our lives, whether we realize it or not, you know, especially with you and I as like I quote unquote content creators, if you will. Um, how, how, how fun is it for you and how challenging is it for you, man? Like you said, as, as you know, you're, you're a one man band, like, like you said, right. You're a guitarist. Like that's, that's the instrument that you love. You've been playing it for a long time. So you get to collaborate with these different people musically but on one end, I'm thinking, well, it's probably good that Wes has that insight from a marketing standpoint because there's so much out there. There's all these playlists, especially with Spotify and Apple. Getting on those playlists is important. Does it get overwhelming trying to manage all of that? Or do you feel like you kind of have an inside track as a marketer? Because I can tell you, like I worked in marketing for a little bit years ago, and it's something that I haven't even really, I, I don't think, scratched the surface of yet with, with my podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a tough one to give like a, a super direct answer on. Um, I think one thing that I, I try to be mindful of is not letting that aspect of the content creation invade the, the artistic aspect. You know, I try to, I, you know, when if I have a song concept, I, I don't want to consider like how, you know, like it, it's, it, you got to separate it to an extent, you know, like, what I, I will say the one thing I, I think I've learned um, in terms of single releases and like algorithms and stuff like that is um, to make them, I don't know if digestible is the right word, but like high energy, like, like, you know, like bangers for a lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I, I found, I did one song last year, uh, victory of the people, which I, recently revisited and i'm super proud of i think it was like a a very awesome song but it was one of my worst performing songs on streaming and and i was thinking and one of the collaborators even mentioned this in the during the process was like the intro is super long it was like a minute long intro it kind of goes on a journey with all these different sections there's no like predictable or conventional structure to it um it has a jam section so it was like a lot it's like it, when I thought about it, like after the fact, I was like, that's an, a deep cut, so, like an album deep cut song. And and I think it's going to be challenging to, to do that as a single and, and have the same success. Unless maybe you have like, you know, super legit, you know, artist on it with like a million followers. But like if you're if you're doing it like indie and add more like I had friends like my friend Russ and Joey Harkham on the song. So like 
I think that that's one thing I did learn that sort of related to the algorithms and stuff like that. But in terms of like the actual content creation, for the most part, I'm just doing whatever I want because um, chances are, and I don't mean this to be like pessimistic, but the chances are like, it's not, not going to like blow you up, you know, <laughs> you know, like, you know, making a career in music is a very long journey where you have little wins over little wins and you keep building and building, you know, every now and then you may have that windfall moment where like everything, where the gates open up and everything pops off. But more often than not, that's not the case. It's a slow build. So knowing that like, you know, I'm probably not going to get some sort of like fat ROI on, on my investment on the song. Like I need to at least be happy with it and, and do it in the way that I want to do it. Not in a way that I think is going to please the algorithms. Um, but when the song is done, that's kind of where I let the, the marketing juices kick in and be like, all right, what's the vibe of this song? What sort of moods uh, can this song bring out? And then kind of figure out the playlist strategy or what similar artists can I target on social or, you know, am I going to do a music video? Am I not going to do a video? You know, just kind of like start conceptualizing, you know, the, the marketing aspect of it, which, which I do find enjoyable because like, that's also like a big part of my life. Yeah. And I, and I appreciate that answer and that insight, man, because um, there's another band that I had on the podcast recently uh, who I think people who listen to you would like it. And I think you would like them. You should check them out called sucker punch. And I, and we were talking about that, about uh, just the algorithms and, like you said, a longer intro. And what's interesting when you mentioned victory, of the people I DM'd you about that one last year, because like, I'm a deep cut guy. Like that's yeah, like, same. Yeah, that's, same. that's my stuff. So I was like, wow, this one's got like this cool, like seventies kind of like classic rock vibe. Yeah. <laughs> like said, there's like a jam part. And so I, I was stoked on that one. And like I said, I, I love all the stuff you put out genuinely, but like that one, like I was like, this is really cool. Cause it was, it was definitely a different direction from some of the other stuff that you really release, especially like a red cup dub, which is like, you know, a party and kind of fun yeah. song, you know what I mean? So, um, but that's, what's weird about AI. Right. And that's why I thought you were the perfect person to ask that question because you're, you're somebody who's really built a lot of this on your own. I mean, obviously you've collaborated with a lot of people, but like you said, you're not in a band, there's not four or five other minds that you're bouncing stuff off of. It's you're making the music and then figuring out who you want to complete the song and the journey with you. And and I feel like we're at an interesting section or intersection rather with like artificial intelligence and algorithms, because you made a very good point where it's like, you're seeing the streams and, and I'm, if you're seeing it and you've been doing this for 10 years, then I know bands at, at, you know, whether they're touring and selling out arenas or whether they're up and coming creators um, and, and they're doing their first tour right now or doing a regional tour, their first EP, they're seeing the same thing. And I just, I wonder, dude, um, in the time we have left, because I do want to get into the new single as well, do you have any concerns about that, especially as somebody that knows the marketing side of how much AI could potentially influence the music that people actually make? Yeah, um, I don't know if this is a concern as much as something that like is is a, a looming reality, which is AI artists. So, so, so. I don't know if you like heard about the scandal of um, this, this virtual artist, like it was like FKN Mecca or something. It, it's, it was an AI artist that was made by humans, but there is no human like the, the artist was a, a robot. It's an AI character. And, and then the label shut it down because uh, they got accused of racism. It was like a, a black AI artist oh, wow. and, and was saying like, some things that people took offense to, I guess you could say, and, and then they shut the whole project down. So I think what could be concerning for me and other artists is we may be competing with robots, not like, so you can think of it, we're competing with algorithms or we're, we're artists are competing with each other for algorithm, like favorability or algorithm attention. But now we may be competing with robots as artists <laughs> and, and, you know, you know, it could be like some K-pop AI um, avatar that's just made by some fucking like 50 year old white dude in a in a computer room. <laughs> so, you know, like so we're going to be we're going to be competing with robots like on all all aspects of the, the process. So um, we'll see how that happens. You know, I'm not the type of person that's kind of like like the you know spotify is the devil they're evil like 
there's probably a pretty good argument to make that they are evil and, and they suck, but you know, I'm not going to, I'm not interested in, in fighting that I'm interested in how do I use it to my advantage and how do I, you know, deal with the, the tools in front of me right now, you know, cause yeah, Spotify pride pays artists shit, you know, whatever, you know, everything that is like a criticism of them very well could be hundred percent true. But the fact remains that, it's what's available. It's what can work for people. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't have the fight in me to try to like go against them. You know, if I get super famous and money and all of that is not an issue. Yeah. Maybe that's a, a cause I, I would take up, but for me, I'm trying to, I, I see that as, as my, my window to getting an audience. So um, I don't, yeah. So to, to summarize, watch out for other artists that are not humans. That's what is a little concerning to me. Um, is that, is that music could potentially be, or music is being released by robots essentially. <laughs> That's so crazy. I think I was like somewhat aware of that, but I didn't realize it. It had gotten to that level as far as, um, the, the level of controversy with that, with the, with yeah. the robotic artist. Um, that's crazy to me though, but, but it's also like, it's the times that we're in in 2022 and, 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 you know, as a creator, I feel like you have made Spotify work very well for yourself. I mean, last year alone, you had almost what, 108,000 streams over 136 countries. Like that's pretty awesome, man. And, and I think, and I think when things get to the level that they're at now, it's like anything, right? There's some type of a burst that happens or there's some sort of controversial thing that happens and the intersection of that kind of makes people take a step back and go like, Whoa, you know what I mean? Kind of like when Napster came around right yeah. at the, the turn of the, the new millennium in 2000 and, and streaming and people killed Lars from Metallica. Like how could this dude who's so rich and famous talk about how bad, how bad this is for music. And he was like a prophet in a lot of ways. Cause he called everything that was going to happen, which was like, Hey man, like this is going to affect album sales. People are going to be stealing art you know, um, and I don't think people realize and 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 I don't know, maybe it's just because I am like a Metallica fan. They're on my Mount Rushmore, one of my favorite bands ever. But like I didn't slam them at the time because at the time I wasn't even really into downloading. Like I still had my Walkman. I would buy the CDs. I still buy CDs. I love the album artwork. I think it's yep. that that vinyls made a huge comeback in the last decade or so. And I think younger kids are starting to get into that. They want the physical art. Um, and as you well know, rock and metal fans, and even I feel like punk fans, like, you know, they're diehards. They want, you know, 311 fans, they want the booklet. They want the, yeah. they want the, uh, the, the, the bundles that come out. So, so yeah, I, I, that was something that I wanted to ask you as somebody who, you know, you, you know what it's like to be on both ends of it. I think, I feel like there's bands that learn how to do it out of necessity. And then there's people like yourself who it's like, you have that knowledge of marketing and know what goes into it. So It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. But in the time we have left, man, and thanks again, Wes. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, I love picking your brain on this stuff because it's been really cool to see your journey, man. Um, the latest single, uh, I, I really do like it. It is it is an upbeat song. <clears throat> it's, it's upbeat tempo. I really love the guitar work. I thought Blake G did a great job with his rhymes, man. Like, Talk about that collaboration in terms of, uh, from what I understand, you're a fan of his work and and what he does, man. And I feel like and it don't stop really came out great. And like you said, it's, it's kind of applicable in sort of a, a serendipitous way to your journey, man. 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, first off. Um, yeah. Blake G. Um, I've actually never met him, but we have, we have a mutual friend. He's from Northern Virginia. So uh, we've been like following each other on social media and he does a really cool thing on Twitter called reply raps where he um, posts videos on his, uh, his Twitter um, that, include replies to the like a tweet he sends out and like they get they get a lot of uh, traction and a lot of engagement so I, feel, I thought that was like a really cool creative way to use like twitter uh for for your advantage because i don't think twitter seems to be like a dying platform for artists you know like no one's getting new fans and it's hard to engage people because the algorithm but uh, i thought that was a really really original way to to get engagement and an audience on twitter but actually I had reached out to Blake uh, for a different song, which will be my next single. Oh, cool. Um, to see if you want to do vocals on it. And that that one is like um, 80s, like synth wave. It's 
it's nice. gonna be really it's a really weird it's like yeah it's a very nostalgic 80s like cheesy pop song so um so blake wasn't feeling that which i kind of knew it was going to be tough to find like the right vocalist for that because it was such a weird song but um he asked if i had anything else and um so anna don't stop was a track i originally wrote for uh, my live set i um i haven't done this in a long time or maybe like a year or so uh but uh, before pandemic i was doing like a dj set uh, in, uh essentially on my I own remember, i remember that yeah before things yeah before the the apocalypse happened i remember yeah and then last, on instagram and stuff yeah yeah and then last summer i joined a band again uh that i play on playing currently so that's kind of like what i do for my live show so i haven't really done the dj set um i thought about resurrecting it but we can save that for another another chat but anyways so I, I, I recorded that in 2018, actually. Uh, and that was like a, a staple in my, my DJ set. Um, but I have like all those demos that I still had. So he asked me if I had anything else. So I just sent him that and he was like feeling that. So I kind of brought it back from the dead and like uh, restructured it. So it was more of like a single and like, you know, did a bunch of production stuff on it. Um, that guitar solo and the synth solos I, I wrote, those are new, new additions. Um, so yeah, going back to, to every process being different, that was the first time I like had a like you know a collaborator that didn't want to do the original song I, I put for, but then was interested in other stuff. So luckily I had like, you know, all these demos that I'm sitting on. So um I had no intention of ever making that a single. Um, but then, you know, I, I wanted to work with Blake because he's he's good and he's dope. So um that's that's how it came together. Yeah, it turned out great, man. I mean, as of recording this, it's only been what, like, uh, what nine, nine? Well, am I doing my math right? Nine days. Yeah, came out on the ninth, and it's the eighteenth. Um, yep. Math was, yeah, math was always was always a struggle for me, Wes. But uh, but yeah, I really I really dug it, man. And, and like I said, when I saw you were dropping a new one, I was like, I got to get him back on the show and uh, just talk about his path to this point. The fact that we first came into contact ten years ago, and you're chasing your dreams, man, and just to kind of end it on that note um a couple of quick things i wanted to ask you what are some of the the high watermarks if you will for you along this path as you go into your next decade of music that you look back on and go man that's really cool that i got a chance to do that um and then two and i know pr- people get asked this a lot but i do think you're you're somebody who can who can offer good wisdom because of the path you've been on you know what what's the best advice you would give somebody regardless of its music or art of any kind as somebody who's really gone in and really gone all in with, with your creative pursuits, man. Um, so hot high marks, um, you know, the, the peanut collab and lyrics and like lyrics born, like I feel like it's overshadowed in that song because like, you know, to get him and peanut on the same song and Donald Spangler from Valley, who was as my second, single as a solo artist was like looking back i almost wonder if like it was too soon because like i was still figuring out like what to do with my solo project like i didn't even have a website i just set up like my social media so like um but at the same time if you get that opportunity you you take it and you don't say no but that that whole collaboration was definitely uh, a high mark um you know dj lethal i mean all the collaboration, you know, yeah. So Peanut and um, Lyrics Born, that that was definitely a highlight. Um, doing when I first moved to Maryland ten years ago, doing that first national tour with Fiction Twenty Down, that that's that's a highlight. Even though a lot of it was was a struggle and a lot of it was super tough, you know, from band breakdown to going to a venue and the Booker double book the night and you didn't even get to play after driving like eight hours, you know, just all the shit that goes into touring. But in hindsight, that was really like a high mark because I think, you know, you're able to say you toured the country, you know, saw a bunch of shit. Um, so that, that's one. Um, and then I would say that the deep, when I was doing like the, the DJ set, I was getting really cool fucking shows. Um, and one of them was in Brooklyn, New York at the end of 2019, opening up for an EDM DJ, Future Primitive. Um, so that was the first time I ever branched out into the EDM world. And it was fucking awesome, dude. Like, I think a part of it was like the right venue it was Knitting Factory Brooklyn. So I, I just feel like Brooklyn people are very 
eclectic, um, open-minded when it comes to art and culture and stuff like that. So um, to for me to do like my DJ set, but like rock out with like metal guitar and shit like that and have people really vibe into it, that was that was definitely a high mark. And I was scared shitless going into that because <laughs> I was on my own. I was, I was in the Big Apple, fucking New York City on my own. Yeah, so that was like one of the more nerve-wracking things that uh, turned out to be a really, really high mark. Um, and then in terms of advice, you know, I would say right now as, as the, probably cause I'm, I'm telling myself this recently because, you know, a lot of, a lot of releases, a lot of things, uh, don't really live up to your expectations. So man, I would say like managing expectations is like always going to be like something that should be top of mind. Um, it's so easy to get in your head and think, Hey, I did all this work. I invested all this money and time into this one thing. So it has to be good. It has to be successful. But the reality is it's a lot of, it's not even in your control. You can have the biggest budget. You can have the biggest collaborators. You, you know, you could do all great, the greatest fucking song on the planet and it could be a dud. So just, trying to manage those expectations and, and then, yeah, of course you want to put your best foot forward and you want to make everything as, as successful as possible, but trying to just manage it and just really just be like reminding yourself if this, if nothing happens, you know, I release a song and nobody listens to it. It's a complete failure. Will I still be happy that I did it? So I think that's like a really important mindset to adopt as early as possible to just, enjoy the process um which is really tough especially when you're going all in and you might be delivering pizzas or working some shit job and you're like this has got to work this has got to work i can't fucking live this lifestyle forever you know but um you know the the authenticity will prevail if if you're enjoying the process and um and that's a primary motivator to do it is because you love creating art you love sharing it with the world um you know and then ideally successful follow but it's never guaranteed so try to have some fun with it well i think that's a great place to leave it man and, and i and i i love that answer too because like you said i mean um managing the expectations for anything life in life is important but but that ultimate question of am i going to look back and am i going to be happy that i that i went for it versus yeah. never trying or or not doing it and i think as life goes on and we're pretty close in age, like I turned 34 in March. Um, I'm happy with the things that I, that I did that scared me versus the things that, that I let fear get in the way and that I didn't do, you know what I mean? Right. So, For sure. well, I appreciate it, dude, as we're recording this and I may have mentioned at the jump, but Wes is actually doing the music video today for, and it don't stop with Blake G. So, um, so I want to get him out of here, but uh, for people who aren't aware and I'll put up the links, man, just let people know where they can find you, dude. Yeah, uh, the website is wesandersonmusic.com. I think the movie director, but music. And then at Songs by Wes um, are my social handles. Sweet. Well, Wes, thanks again, dude. I really appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you powering through some some audio issues with me, but it's always a pleasure catching up with you, man. And um, I'm, I'm proud of you, dude, for what it's worth. Like, it's been really cool. It's a trip to think that it was 10 years ago when we first got in touch, man, and, and to see you keep doing your thing. And, and, and the releases and the collaborations that you've gotten to do and another awesome one with Blake G man as your latest single. It's just, it's really cool. It's inspiring me to keep doing what I do genuinely dude. So I really appreciate you taking the time, brother. Yeah. Thank you, man. It's um, I'm super grateful to have relationships with people like you who, you know, we randomly crossed paths 10 years ago and here we are 20 fucking 22 um, <laughs> chatting about things we love and, and all that. So it's, I'm super grateful for you and, and the relationship we have. And, and I, I'm glad to see you're still doing the podcast stuff and, and going after your, your passion. I appreciate it, man. It's the Midwest in us, man. We're tough. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> People call Hell us yeah. the flyover States, but we make your food everybody. All right. <laughs> have some, have some respect. We'll have a great rest of the day, man. Thank you again so much for taking the time, brother. Let's keep in touch. All right, brother. All right. Yep, so talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Righty-dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Baltimore-based guitarist 
Wes Anderson. Make sure you go follow him on Instagram at Songs by Wes. And I will also put up the link to his YouTube channel and everywhere else you can check out his music. So just scroll down to the bottom of the podcast description for this episode. Follow Wes on IG. Check out his YouTube channel. Check out his series called Time Tested where he talks about what it's like being an independent musician chasing his dreams. And please go check out his latest single, And It Don't Stop, featuring Blake G, which just dropped on September 9th. Wes, I just want to say thank you again so much, man, for taking the time to do the podcast. It's always a pleasure to catch up with you, and I'm really grateful for the connection that we've made over 10 years ago now, man, and staying in touch. And just like you were saying at the end, who'd have thought that 10 plus years later, you chasing your music dreams, me chasing my podcast dreams, that we would still be talking and and keeping up with each other, supporting each other on social media, pumping each other's stuff up. Like It really means a lot, man, that I've been able to connect with you and the fact that we share that Northwest Ohio blood, you know, to, to come from that part of the country and the blue collar work ethic that exists there where we are from with Toledo, Ohio and the surrounding areas, man, it's like, I'm, I'm always going to put on for, for people from my hometown. And it's been really cool to see you, you know, take the chances that you've taken and, and pursue your dreams and find the success that you, that you have found. I mean, for everybody listening, man, to have 107,000 streams on Spotify in 2021, to be listened in 136 countries, like it's a trip, man. And to have over 500,000 streams to date as an independent musician, that's really awesome. And the fact that you've gotten a chance to collaborate with so many awesome artists, it's really cool, man. So I, I salute you and thank you again for powering through the audio issues, man. Uh, you know, for those of you who just listened to that conversation, you might have noticed like the first five, six minutes were a little scratchy. There was something going on um, on Wes's end with a plug or a cord. It happens, and we ended up being able to salvage the conversation. He was able to record it on his phone, and it still sounded great, in my opinion. That's one of the nice things about modern technology and, and our phones is all the things that we can do. So I didn't mention it at the jump, uh, but but thank you guys for for you know, powering through the first couple minutes of that. And like I said, it was what the first five, six minutes and then it was cool. But, uh, but thank you, Wes, for, for being cool on the fly, especially since you were going to record a music video not longer after, uh, uh, you and I talked that day. So I really appreciate you, man. And and again, just appreciate everything that you're doing. I, I think you really fit the mold of the theme of the show of perseverance and moving forward. And, and I hope that anybody listening to this, whether you're a musician or not, whether you're any type of creative person or not, it really doesn't matter. I think it just shows what can happen when you bet on yourself and you put the work in and, and you see things start to work out over time the way that Wes has seen. And, and again, to be an independent guy and, and rack up over half a million streams, I mean, that is no small feat. You know, talk to any musician out there about what it's like trying to get on these playlists and you know, and that was another thing that I'm that I wanted to pick his brain about in that conversation, and why I, I like having Wes on here is, you know, marketing is a specialty of his, and it's uh, something that he does as well outside of his music. And you know, we are in interesting times, I think, for artists who really have to be kind of a full stop shop now, as far as marketing, business sense, merch, touring, uh, all the logistics that go into that independent artists are doing a lot of that man um it's not like back in the day if you were a signed artist you you had somebody doing all the business stuff for you in terms of press in terms of marketing and merch and all those things radio you know before social media that's what bands would do they they come into town they they come on the local radio show get people to come out to the show all right uh if you were motley crew you're probably trashing some hotel rooms along the way <laughs> um and getting into god knows what else but point being that there was always somebody to take care of that for bands and nowadays with with streaming and all these different services that you can listen to listen to music so much of getting your name out there as an independent artist has to do with the marketing aspect of things trying to get on playlists trying to target people on social media who you think might be down with your sound and Wes is somebody that I feel like it, you know has has maybe more of an inside track on that than some other people because he he does marketing for a living you know what I mean so it was really interesting to hear him talk about artificial intelligence and these artists, you know, I, I wasn't even aware of that story to that degree. It was crazy when he was talking about that AI artist and the controversy it, it caused. And that's crazy, you know, because again, back in the seventies, the eighties, the nineties, the sixties, everything before the new millennium, man, you never had to think about competing with not, you know, an artist that's not even a real person. 
And it's just interesting that we are in these times now with AI. But I think it'll get figured out. Technology definitely moves faster than we move. And there's stuff that is is in existence, in my opinion, that not that I'm a conspiracy theorist, but let's just be real. Like there's stuff out there that that we in the in the American public don't even know about in terms of technology. And so I think when you look at how much things have advanced, even in the last like 20 years, like in 2002, when I was starting high school, cell phones were just becoming a thing. And even then, not everybody had one. You know, it wasn't until I feel like the mid 2000s, like 05, 2006, where it started to become common, where everybody and their brother had a phone. And now kids have them, you know, like nine-year-old kids have iPhones. It's insane to me. But anyway, so I thought it was cool from a marketing aspect to get him on here too, because that's something that a lot of bands, especially artists that I've had on this show, you know, independent up and coming artists, they're in the throes of all that in terms of figuring out marketing and, you know, launching their singles when they come out. So I think, you know, like, like most things, you know, you, you ride the waves, you get hit with a couple but eventually the storm calms and we all kind of figure it out. And I think that's what's going to happen with, with music. You know, On one end, these streaming platforms are a great way for artists to get their music out there. But on the other end of that, they have to figure out the best way to get it out there. Because just dropping it and uploading an MP3 or whatever file, wave, whatever to the service, that's not going to do it. You really have to pump it up. So um, yeah, man, Wes is a knowledgeable dude. So please go follow and support him again at songs by Wes on Instagram. I will also have the link to his YouTube channel in the podcast description for this episode. And that's going to do it folks. That's a wrap on episode 80. I believe it is now of March 4th with Mike Baum. And it's crazy. We're slowly getting towards episode hundred, which is nuts, man. Um, of, of this rendition of the podcast just with March 4th. And again, that's a testament to everybody out there who's listening, who's paying attention, who's reaching out, who is leaving ratings and reviews, telling their friends to check out the show. I can't thank you all enough. I really appreciate it. I love you all. I thank you all. Once again, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th pod on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. And the host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree to all of my stuff is also in the podcast description. So if you want to check out past music features from back in the day when I was writing, uh, if you want to learn more about me, and uh, if you want to take the time to, to like, follow, and subscribe, that would be great, especially if you leave a rating and a review for the show. I know you can do that on Apple Music and on Spotify, and when you guys do that, it helps the show rank higher and make it more visible to people, and that's ultimately what I want. I want people to hear about Wes's music and these awesome collaborations he's getting to do with a variety of artists from across the musical spectrum because it's a really cool, unique path, and I'm, I'm proud of him, man. Even though I have nothing to do with his success, I'm just proud of him as, as a guy who I feel like is a good-hearted dude who's a talented dude. He's been playing guitar for, gosh, over 25 years, man. And the fact that we come from the same part of the country, I, I really want y'all to support him. So at Songs by Wes, check him out. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of my guy, Wes, here is his latest single featuring Blake G called And It Don't Stop. Peace. Leave you in the dust, icing. Hope I don't succumb to my vices. Hope I get some funds and a wife that's down with the rhymes and hot enough to change the whole climate. Yeah, you know how it goes. Yeah, you know how it goes. Yeah, you know how it goes. And it don't stop. Yeah, you know how it goes. Yeah, you know how it goes. Yeah, you know how it goes. And it don't stop. But it's cool, I got the cash When I pull up to the light, you can see the cameras flash Pull into my driveway, about a mile long So I don't hear a sound when I'm working on my songs Cool outside with a little waterfall And a squad is down
when it really pops yeah. off yeah. Cash in a safe and a fridge full of steaks I spend a lot of time thinking about my mistakes uh. I can't pump the brakes cause I'm close to a break I'ma get where I'm going, I don't care what it takes yeah. Like, whoa Caught him with the flow I'm swimming in the deep and you're dipping in your toes Some people go wherever the wind blows But I'm on my own path, I can feel it in my soul Yeah, you know how it goes Yeah, you know how it goes Yeah, you know how it goes